Hello and welcome to episode 18 of Mag Heroes, a podcast about people who make magazines. I'm Dan Rowden, founder of Magpile. This week I talk with Bethany Thompson and Sam Bradley, the co-editors of Counterpoint, an interesting magazine based in Scotland. It's a handmade risograph magazine featuring illustrations and writing on a central topic for each issue. In our chat we talk about how the magazine is put together, literally, some of the tech behind risograph printing, Counterpoint's origins as an online project, and their upcoming issue. This episode is brought to you by Subsale, a platform to help self-published magazines sell and manage subscriptions. With Subsale, you can very quickly set up recurring subscriptions, gift subscriptions, subscriptions that renew every issue. The options are endless. Subsale's tools then offer a detailed overview of your subscriber base with financial stats and quick drawdowns into your data. You can then easily export addresses when you release new issues in one click. Why not give Subtale a try? It's completely free to get started and see the benefits it will bring to your magazine. Go to subsale.com to try it out now. That's S-U-B-S-A-I-L.com. Now on with the show. Hi Sam, hi Bethany, how's it going? Hi Dan. Hi Dan. We're well, thanks. How are you? Fine. All good. Cool. cool. Um, so you're in Edinburgh. We are in um, very rainy Edinburgh. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you in Edinburgh? Um, I came to uni here and then okay. we just sort of moved to the city after we, I was done with that. Okay. Um, and so what did you study? Uh, I studied was English language. Okay. Yeah, it was a linguistics course actually. Um, okay. Yeah. And what about Bethany? Um, I studied illustration in Manchester and I moved here okay. about two years ago. Um, All right. Yeah. So you, I guess you're combining your two studies to make a magazine? Yeah, pretty much. That's um, something looking like at that, yeah. 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 <laughs> Dream team. Um, so, um, yeah, where did the idea for Counterpoint come from? Um, so it started as an online project actually um, back in 2014 and we just kind of wanted to um, bring journalism and illustration a bit closer together so um, I'm a freelancer and Bethany is an illustrator as well so at the time we were just uh, combining the work of ourselves and our, our mates really and it grew out from there um, each issue has a different theme and we just kind of pick the themes we think will bring out good responses in people okay um, and yeah, if you started online, how, uh, when and why did you make the jump to print? Well, my background is sort of in printmaking, um, uh, illustration and printmaking combined. And um, I got a job in a print studio and just sort of thought that it would be a good fit. And we'd, we'd sort of tested out Counterpoint, you know, on, you know, rubbishy inkjet printers before and it it was okay but it didn't really have a you know the nice sort of aesthetic that we're after and then when I sort of got into um, risograph printing which is the sort of 
um, printing that we use to print counterpoint, then it just kind of um, all fell into place a bit and it just seems to suit the medium really well. Yeah, um, so for people who might not know what erasograph printing is, can you just uh, briefly describe how it works and why it's different? Yes, so erasograph printing, uh, some people call it RISO or RISO. Um, it's, it was invented in Japan in the 80s and it just looks like a regular photocopier, um, but it works a lot more like mechanical screen printing. So it prints one color layer at a time and uses spot colors um, and you can sort of layer them up to create really interesting color palettes and textures and effects. And um, it's really cool. Um, I could chat about it all day. Um, it's a really interesting process and has a really interesting, unique aesthetic. And um, yeah, it's, one of the nice things about it is that it's really unpredictable. So uh, it breaks all the time and has loads of little quirks of printing that you can't really predict, but um, have really nice outcomes. And yeah, it's just really fun. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. What was the reason you chose Risograph? Is it was it anything other than you having like experience with it or the opportunity um, to use it? Well, it's really cheap. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was a that was a big um, yeah, big plus point because we don't you know we don't have a whole lot of budget. So, um, so yeah, that was a huge plus point, and um, it's quite a nice, easy way of getting something that looks quite cool, and and because. Uh, I had access to the printer. There's something quite nice and immediate about being able to print it ourselves and not have to send it off to printers and then, you know, wait three weeks and mm. um, and not have any say in, you know, oh, right, this didn't turn out how we wanted. Or... Yeah. I think the, the actual act of yeah. hand printing them and hand binding them has kind of entered into our whole editorial voice almost. Right. Yeah, because you, you put each issue, well, each copy together as well. Yeah, so um, yeah, I end up with like repetitive strain injuries, and uh, basically <laughs> I do all the folding and stapling and uh, yeah, binding and collating and chopping, and it takes about two weeks of um, yeah, hard work and stress. But it's yeah. it's really cool and worth it, and um, yeah, it's <laughs> but it's a lot of work. Yeah, but I th I think it's worth it. <laughs> you end up with yeah. a really nice, really nice. Yeah. Uh, Thanks. End product. Um, and yeah, yeah each a one's different. a little bit unique and yeah. So. Mm. And I think you can feel like the uh, the handcraft like in in the finished in the finished copies. I think it feels like something someone's like put a lot of effort into, and it definitely doesn't feel like something that's come off like a massive print run, mm. which I really like. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and you only use three colors in each issue. Yes, so we switch it up each time. Um, we've not used the same colour combo twice yet. Okay. Um, so we have a, a limited palette. There are only uh, six inks that we can use, so we're sort of cycling through them. Okay. Um, yeah, so the most recent was red, green and yellow, which was the first time that we'd printed one without blue. Turns out we kind of relied on blue quite a lot. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so red, green, and yellow was quite a challenge for our illustrators, I think. But it, it mm. came out really nicely. It looks really different. And... <laughs> yeah, yeah. And do you find that you're, do you choose colours based on the theme of each issue? 
Yeah, we kind of do. Um, yeah, do. Yeah, from what's available, you know, considering yeah. the ones we can now can't use because we've used them up. Um, <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> but yeah, we also try and think of what will be good combinations of the actual illustrations too. We wouldn't pick something that was totally no. dissonant. Yeah, so for survival, we were expecting a lot of people to go for sort of jungly things. So we thought green would be good. Um, and a lot of the time we're sort of second guessing people and, you know, people don't go in the direction you're expecting anyway. So like when we were doing space, we thought, oh, we must have black because we'll have a lot of, you know, outer space right. illustrations. And we really didn't at all. <laughs> like <laughs> no one really took that angle on it. So, um, so yeah, it's quite fun to see how people interpret it differently. Mm. So okay, so how how do you first come up with a theme, and then how do you do you, do you ask do you commission artwork and uh, stories, or do you take in submissions, and how does it all like come together as a theme, and then with the colours as well? Okay, um, generally the themes we choose we choose them because we've either we think they'll just bring some good responses out, or because there was a story that was similar to it that we were really burning to publish. There was a couple of times when we really wanted to, um, uh, recently I really wanted to interview the Natural History Museum about um, the fact that Dippy the Diplodocus um, is going on tour around the UK next year. Okay. Um, it's a huge skeleton in the big museum in London and it's sort of a mascot of it and it, they think the tour is quite unique. Um, and the survival theme kind of grew around that, I think. Um, so we generally, we ask for submissions, but we kind of take pictures in a way so we do kind of commission and we do kind of take blind submissions as well um it's a combination between the two i think mm. um, okay. yeah it's quite nice because um i think a lot of magazines are maybe quite prescriptive with their illustration and you know we'll we'll have all the articles planned out and then you know commission illustrators to respond to somebody else's response to the theme and i think the way that we sort of cut out that middleman sometimes can be quite refreshing for from an illustrator's point of view because you can just sort of you know if, if you have an idea for for space or for um survival or whatever then you can kind of interpret that in your own way and yeah that, i found that quite quite nice to work with yeah yeah uh, and you've already got your next theme like on the on the go we do yeah, yeah. we've been working on um eating for quite a while now okay. yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah we went to italy for research and just ate all oh. <laughs> yeah i mean well, we were on holiday we called it research as an excuse <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um yeah so that that's been quite come, fun is it coming together nicely yeah we're getting there yeah i think we're happy with it <laughs> yeah there's so some um, stuff about issues uh, sorry. Oh, sorry how many issues is it a year uh, it's four issues a year, and this is our fourteenth working right now. Mm. Cool. So you, yeah, you don't have a lot of time between issues. Not really, considering we both have like full time jobs and other projects right. and stuff. Yeah. It's a little bit sort of when th- we can steal an hour. I think know. it helps us keep up momentum, though. Yeah. Personally, yeah. okay. Sitting right. my <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you find that you kind of run out of time, or is it is it easy to stick to your predetermined like deadlines? Um, it's kind of a mixed bag. It sort of depends what else we've got on. Sometimes we've occasionally had to push deadlines on a little bit, and um, 
but we're generally okay. Yeah, we manage. I, yeah. I feel like as long as we get four out a year, then we're kind of winning. So it's just yeah. <laughs> Sam. Sam's a bit less relaxed about it, but <laughs> but yeah, I, I kind of feel like as long as it's roughly every three months, then you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, <clears throat> So it's it's like a A4 size magazine. It doesn't really look like a typical independent magazine. Uh, and then it's risograph and hand hand bound. Um, mm. who, like where did all that kind of come from, or was it like organic kind of decisions that all came together, or like uh, who puts together the issues and like how does it all work? It was kind of organic, I suppose. Um, it, well, a lot of it was out of necessity because we, we didn't really set out to make a printed magazine. It was just sort of, it, it's evolved quite a bit from yeah. when we, you know, first started making PDFs, yeah. basically. <laughs> it's always been a bit of a sandbox for us to play around with creatively and editorially. And I think if you if you manage to find the original issues, you'd, you'd probably see that. It'd be quite obvious. I think it's changed a lot in three years. Hmm. So yeah. those were digital ones, the first issues. Yeah, the first seven. I think they're still up on the internet somewhere. Um, yeah, yeah, don't look too hard for them. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's still, we we put together some good work. I think it's just not as presented as yeah. as nicely as we'd like it to be now. The, yeah, mm. the, the nice thing about it is that our, yeah, our, we feel like the designers come on quite a lot because we just had you know quite a bit of time and space to to play around with it and see what works and but the actual physical format of it as it stands is just sort of um yeah it's just kind of happened organically so you know it it's staple bound because you know perfect binding them all would take ages and so we just sort of jam a couple of staples in and <laughs> off, you, off you go um and the format i think we disagreed on the size of it in the first place i think i was going to go for something a bit smaller and yeah, sounds like a4 is yeah it's just kind of well i think the a4 gives a lot of it gives more space to the illustrations lets them breathe a bit yeah so yeah i, I really like the format it's, it's really worked yeah. out as we go along. <laughs> yeah like i think you said uh like the illustrations work really well on this kind of size page mm. i think looking at it now it would it wouldn't feel as good or like maybe as yeah just on a smaller page wouldn't work yeah, as well, I, I, think. I totally agree now. So, mm. yeah, it's quite nice. I, occasionally, we're really indulgent with the illustration and just go for like a proper door page spread, like A3 <laughs> landscape. And it's really nice that we can just that we have the flexibility to do that if we want. And yeah, it's really cool. And you also throw in like a poster. Yeah, we do. I don't know when we decided on that. Yeah, we always done it. Uh, I think we did actually, yeah. yeah. We um, definitely did for water. So. Yeah, we did for apples too. Um, yeah, we commissioned an illustrator to do um, a, a pull-up print, I suppose, an A3 print for every issue. Mm. Yeah. yeah, cool. Uh, so you now you've done you've done six print issues, is that right? We have working on the seventh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how many how many do you print? If you're all hand hand printing and well, oh. not hand printing, but yeah personality um, printing <laughs> i think that it, it's not very many at all i think the latest run was 200 is it three i thought it was 300 no it wasn't 300 oh, so you, you know it's it, we're talking very small numbers um yeah. and even that is you know quite a lot more than the first time we printed we just maybe even did like 
Or 100? Yeah, okay. 100. Um, yeah, just because we had no idea how it was going to be received. We didn't know whether mm. we'd, you know, sell two and then have 98, you know, in our living room. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, um, it, it's, it's been really lovely and surprising how... Um, that you know people want to buy it so um so yeah we're still kind of um small scale oh yeah very very small scale i I did kind of want to go through and and number them all so we could sort of make a like oh they're very limited edition thing but yeah every time after i've hand bound them all i just think i don't want to do anything with my wrists for another one so <laughs> i think we have a lot of respect for people who put out thousands and uh, oh, don't yeah. even blink how do you do it mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, i guess there's a lot of outsourcing right <laughs> um what about um stockists you have a few stockists how do they take uh, like a slightly different type type of magazine uh do they have any like reservations or are they happy to take like a, a more unique title um they've always seemed pretty happy to take it because it was unique. Um, yeah. I think for people in shops, that always seems to have been a selling point that it stood out, perhaps because of the risograph, the colours, um, the unusual format. I think that's always helped. Um, I mean, like I said, we're still very small scale, limited editions, and that, that gives it a bit of an edge to, uh, as well, I imagine. Uh, yeah. And yeah, they've all sold out apart from the last one. They have, so yes. Yeah. It's been a success. It has. Yeah. On our own terms, yeah. yeah. So it's been <laughs> a huge compliment. Yeah, that's good to hear. Um, and yeah, so you're working on the next issue. Uh, is there anything kind of, are you kind of uh, taking the title forward with the next issue or keeping like similar format and style? Because um, I guess like if you look at, I have the, the issues shown up here on your website, they're all kind of like a set. Yeah, they're very like mm. similar in, in a way. And it's nice to see because you see a lot of magazines come out and they change a lot between issues as they yeah. I know, try and find yeah. their footing. But it looks like you've definitely kind of well, I think we've, where you are. We've hit our rhythm after a while. We did have, I suppose, the advantage of doing stuff just online before we hit print was that we kind of got that process out of the way. That we got rid of the things that we decided we didn't like or that didn't work. And now we kind of have a groove. We, we know what works, especially with the printing. It gives us a nice creative limitation, really helps. Mm. Um, we do change things internally with the design with every issue. Um, mm. I think this time we're discussing putting an interview right at the start next to the contents page instead of elsewhere, that, that sort of thing. Um, I think we do it last time. Oh, did yeah. we? I'm not sure. Yeah, but we always sort of switch it up a bit and... Yeah make little design changes and and I think maybe people wouldn't notice from issue to issue but you know if you look at this um uh this one just gone and compare it to our first print one there's quite a lot that's different but um yeah but yeah it's just sort of I think I want to play with the masthead for the next one yeah Mm, interesting (laughs) we'll see (laughs) yeah I'm just about that yeah in the in your space issue I really liked your life on Mars like piece the different quotes Oh, thanks. Yeah, they, that was so... Like, yeah, just kind of like, they appear somewhere. Yeah, that uh, was quite it? a bit of fun. Um, we sort of wanted to play with the idea of um, sort of readers' responses and like, what do you think about this issue? And uh, so it was, I think the question was, would you, if you were offered a one-way ticket to Mars, would you go? Oh, yeah. And 
yeah, just people had some really nice thoughts. And turned out there was mm. one guy who had actually signed up already, which was <laughs> amazing. Um, yeah, so so we had to put that in. But yeah, it was quite a nice thing to just sort of put throughout the magazine, like turn the page and there's another another quote and yeah. yeah. So we've sort of made that a regular, I think. We have, I think we're working on something with the new one to do with um, people's first memories of certain foods. Okay. Um, so the first memory is the first time they had a hamburger or a hot dog or a, a really good mm. scone. I don't know. <laughs> uh, they'll be able to, yeah, they'll be illustrated. It's not come together yet. It's yeah. prototyped. Oh, yeah, but the, the nice thing is, is we just kind of open it out to people and say, you know, what are your thoughts on this? Um, there was quite a nice one in Survival, which was if it was the end of the world, apocalypse, apocalypse, uh, that's a difficult word to it say. It was the apocalypse. It, it was the apocalypse. Um, what would you take? What would you grab from your flat if you, you know, were in uh, an emergency situation? So yeah. yeah, that was quite fun hearing different people's priorities. Like, <laughs> what the hell, guys? You don't need a record player, but okay. A lot of people suggested gin. Yeah, I thought gin was quite a good answer because, like, because you know, can hit someone with it. Yeah, like Molotov cocktails. Um, <laughs> it's tasty. Um, disinfectant disinfectant you know that's, I thought that was a good answer but yeah, yeah some people's were all together more impractical so yeah so that's been fun yeah well um, I hope the next issue comes out soon <laughs> and it gets it comes together nicely for you um, do you have some magazines that you'd like to recommend yes um, so one that I got recently is Pressing Matters, um, which is all about printmaking, um, the passion and process behind modern printmaking, and it's, it's really, really good. I'm a bit of a printmaking fanatic, so it's right up my street, but it's just really nicely done. Um, loads of really lovely photography and imagery, and yeah, I can yeah. fully recommend. I'd recommend um, MC1R which is the magazine produced exclusively for redheads. Um, yeah, it's good. <laughs> it's based in the Netherlands. And uh, seeing as we're both gingers ourselves, I think it's nice to have some solidarity worldwide. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's about time. Yeah. It's uh, loads of issues about like, how to take care of your freckles. Yeah. <laughs> it's excellent. That sort of thing. It's great. Um, and I, one of my all-time favourites is Anorak, which is a gorgeous kids' mag, just really lovely use of illustration, and yeah, it's just a total feast for the eyes. Alright, well, um, thanks, for you, thanks to you both for coming on. Thank you. And um, yeah, good luck with the next issue. Thanks a lot. Thank you very much. A big thank you to Bethany and Sam for coming on the show, and thank you to you for listening. You can listen to all previous episodes at magheroes.net and you can subscribe to the podcast in any podcasting app. Just search for Mag Heroes. I'm DR on Twitter and you can find the show as Mag Heroes. If you're a publisher looking for a better way to sell subscriptions of your magazine, head right over to subsell.com. Thanks again for listening. Catch you again next week. Cheers. Cheers.